I think most everybody's given testimony today is up here, but if you guys are not up here, if you guys could kind of come to the front. So today we're going to be talking about uh, what happened while we, uh, I think there was 20 some of us, were in Kansas City. And not everybody's going to be here speaking, but uh, those that wanted to are going to have an opportunity to share and uh, I'm just going to go through a quick rundown of, of kind of what that looked like and what our week looked like. If you remember, we started by having us right up here and Pastor Larry prayed over us. This would be two weeks ago. And uh, then we met at two o'clock. We loaded everything up and, and I did not realize how heavy a trailer could be with sound equipment and luggage and bedding and everything else. But we loaded, packed the trailer full and got our vehicle arranged and everything, and then uh, we met out in the foyer and, and prayed before we, we headed out. And then we headed to 9th and Benton, and if you don't know where 9th and Benton is in Kansas City, that is you take Prospect Avenue and you go a couple blocks and you're there, okay? So uh, it's downtown, it's, it's not necessarily I'd go vacation at, but uh, it was a good place to go and do ministry for sure. And we went in the same uh, VBS that we did here, we went to go host that up there for uh, this ministry that's up there. It's called Grace United Community Ministry. And a little history of this, many years ago, Pastor Larry would be able to give a little more information, uh, but your sister, is that correct, Pastor Larry, started this many years ago. Do you know what year? It's a long time ago, before I was alive, I know that. And uh, she started this ministry, and you can kind of see their sign up there, how they had uh, their summer program, and they have a food pantry, a ladies' clothing pantry that they do, and then they were advertising this vacation Bible school for any kids to come uh, while we were going to be there. And it's a beautiful old church, early 1900s is when it was the original part was built, beautiful stained glass uh, windows, and it was neat that uh, they recognized Reverend uh, Sharon Garfield right up there. You can see her name. It was, it was beautiful. And so the first night we get up there, we unpacked, okay? There was a lot to unpack. We set everything up, the stage. We took everything, the sound, the projection, everything that was needed as far as food or anything to host an entire VBS and uh, maintain 20-some of us while we stayed there. We stayed in the building up in our, the, the classrooms upstairs is where we slept, okay? So we all, uh, some had cots, some had sleeping bags. We had one individual, all he brought was a blanket, you know, and he, he roughed it pretty much the whole time. And so uh, we, you know, had, had guys' room and a girl room, and, and I was pretty proud of the guys because I, there was the old guys and the young guys, and Rustin and I were like the cutoff for the young guys. So we, we were pretty proud of that, and... Yeah, it was it was nice to be recognized as a, as a young guy, and and so we we unpacked, we set everything up, and then the next morning we started. Uh, every morning, about seven o'clock, we'd go into the sanctuary there, and it was just kind of personal one-on-one time with God. Uh, Miss Julie had all the food out, everything in the, in another room, uh, but it was just one-on-one time and just kind of spend time with the Lord. And then at seven forty-five, we'd crank the music up and we'd worship together. Every morning, and so we do two, three, maybe four worship songs, and and then uh, when Pastor Kent was there, Pastor Kent would lead, and we'd pray, and we'd come together for collective prayer every morning for to to tackle the day that was before us. 
And then from there, we'd go receive the kids in. Just like VBS here, we receive the kids in. We get them all in order. Same thing. They fed them breakfast there. And so we would go from here and then go receive the kids. And then we would start with the next uh, part of the day was this opening session, just like we did here. And uh, Pastor Giselle and Mr. Rustin would do a, a skit, and it was really good. And then she would kind of go over the Bible verse that we'd be talking about, and she would kind of interact with the kids and, you know, get into dancing and singing and everything before we split them up into the different groups. And we had four different places that they would go, and they would kind of rotate in those places. And the one of the, if they, the first group that they would go to is Miss Jojo's class. And, and this is where they would hear the story of salvation, and they'd be able to uh, hear also uh, the great the, the great uh, story of Joseph and the coat of many colors, right, and, and what all happened to him. And then on Thursdays, it was Salvation Day. And, and how many salvations did we have, Miss Jojo? Twelve. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord praise for that. Yeah. That's amazing. And every day she had uh, different costume. I think Mr. Gary one day was even Pharaoh. Uh, if you got to watch the, the video before we started, uh, sorry, Golden City, we did not show that video online. We didn't want to risk, you know, Facebook shutting us down or anything. So uh, those of you here got to see that video that Spencer was able to put together each day, and we'll talk about that in, his, in a second. So one group would go there, another group would go to another place, or some of them would stay in the sanctuary, and... Uh, Miss Jennifer and Pastor Giselle would stay right in the sanctuary, and one of the groups, they'd sing and dance, teach her new songs, all the moves and everything, and then they would also show them a video of, of a certain animal that could jump or run or how unique they were made, and so they'd do an activity with those kids talking about that animal, and then they would uh, also show a video that came in the VBS pack, kind of all in one right there. Another group would move on to games uh, Mr. Landon had help from Mr. Justin this go-around, and you guys prayed for rain. If you remember two weeks ago, Pastor Larry prayed for rain. It rained. It followed us to Kansas City. Like three three of the nights we were up there, it rained, and the, be- the weather was beautiful. But we couldn't always go outside because of that. And so uh, they had to come up with all sorts of, of duck-duck-goose and relays and all kinds of stuff each day, depending on the, the, kid, the age appropriate, you know. Uh, but we took nine square up there, and if you don't know, that's the game, uh, the picture with the, the grid system, the blue grid system. And around here, all the kids know it, you know, they've all played it, no big deal. Uh, but up there, they had never heard of it. They didn't know what it was, the, the adults didn't know what it was, and it was a huge hit. Uh, so that was kind of a neat thing that we got to take up there. And then the, one of the other groups would go to see Miss Maranatha, and she had arts and crafts, but those of you that helped with here, it was more than arts and crafts, right? It was like a science classroom, and she also would help learn and memorize the memory verse, and so, and they had questions, and they got to fill a jar of sand, and all kinds of stuff, so it was way more than just arts and crafts. It was uh, kind of come together as finalizing everything whenever they were in that group of the day, and so then... Uh, we would do three set, three rotations, and we'd have lunch and the final rotation. Uh, this is a picture of lunch. We got to eat lunch with the kids, and and in in each one of these testimonies, you're going to see a lot of pictures of different kids, and and uh, it was neat to connect with them in in a different way. I kind of floated, so I didn't 
get to connect with one group, but I'm sure, in fact, I almost know that you're going to hear from some that connected very closely with their group, right? Uh, I did not know it was a thing to cry when we left, but we had like a cry time whenever we left as we were leaving on Friday. And I learned this. It was my first time going, so I was new to the cry time. And I'm an emotional guy. I cry all the time. And so I, 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 I learned this. But it was good. We got to really interact with the kids and, and get to hang out with them and get to know their personalities and, and kind of the way they click. And then we would go to a final session. And in this picture, you see them all looking at the TV. Because that video you saw that Spencer put together, they loved it. Each day, there would be a few minutes, and he would stack it on top of each other, and then at the end, the whole video that you got to see. Well, these kids, you know, it was was odd for them to see a picture of themselves. And so one of the things that Mr. Gary always does is get them a picture of themselves. We take that for granted, but it's a big deal to them. And so when they got to see their picture in a video like this... You, you knew exactly when they saw themselves, when they saw their buddy, because they'd scream and, and clap, and, and sometimes if it was an embarrassing picture, they'd give each other a hard time or, or whatever it was, but they loved it, and they just were glued to it just to see themselves, right, or see their friend in that, and to see themselves on TV is a big deal. And then we'd have kind of a review time, and you can see Miss Kelly up there. She was kind of the facilitator, the leader of VBS while we were up there, and Pastor Kemp. And we just kind of share testimonies about the day, and, and then we would uh, kind of talk, pray, you know, just kind of what was good, what could we do better, uh, that kind of stuff, you know, because we, we, we want to improve and make it better. And then Miss Kelly would kind of give us a rundown what we would do that evening. And one of the reasons I'm going into such detail is because I didn't know. This was my first time going, and I had to ask all these questions. So those of you that have gone kind of know, but those of you that maybe have not gone and, and are thinking about going again, I encourage it, okay? It, it is a long week. We are gone from our families, that kind of stuff, but it, it was good, and we connected and, and grew together. And so each night, uh, Miss Kelly kind of gave us a rundown. Monday night, we hung out. I like to call them team-building exercises. We played games, you know, with all sorts of uh, different games in there, signs kind of be, if you never played that, kind of became like the, the, the theme game, it seems like, and we all played and got together and, and did that, but we'd, as a group, we would walk down to uh, gas station, which is a few blocks away, which you think down there is probably not a good idea, but it was good, it was in daylight, uh, we did have some rules to follow, we know the Lord is with us, but we also know that you don't just walk into some places that you don't need to be. So a couple of the rules were you don't go outside by yourself, right? You don't go outside at night at all. Uh, you just kind of make sure that you're smart about things. So we'd go in a big group and we'd walk down to the gas station. And, and, and for a lot of them, it was the only time that they got to be outside. So we're sleeping on the second floor. We're doing all the ministry on the first and second floor. And when you're there all day and all night, you don't even go outside. It's kind of refreshing just to get some fresh air and actually walk outside the building you're living in for the week. And so it was neat just to go down there and, and come back. And then on Tuesday night, there's a gentleman named Ricky, and he is in charge of prison ministry. He came, and he gave uh, kind of a testimony. And then he brought one of the guys that had come out of prison and shared his testimony. It was powerful. And how the Lord's working on his life. And Mr. Ricky is also the guy who does the homeless feed. And you're going to see pictures of this. Uh, and we got to help with that Thursday night. And it was powerful to see God move. And just knowing that God was there with us, 
it was a powerful experience and a time that you're, you guys are going to get hear about here in just a second. But so it was Tuesday night. Wednesday night, I learned something about the group that we took. Okay, I learned that we got some powerhouse worshipers in this group because I made the comment. I opened my mouth that we're going to have a service. Mr. Spencer, who did the video, gave a short little testimony. Pastor Embar kind of uh, led a short little devo as we broke bread together. We had communion together. And then I made this comment. I said, I'm just going to turn worship music on, and we're going to let it go until everybody just fizzles out. You can go whenever you want. You don't have to stay. Well, Lights Out was at 11. supposed to be every night. It didn't, it didn't always happen, but Lights Out was supposed to be at 11. And so we started this service at 6, I think. And so we were worshiping by 6.20, 6.30, something like that. Next thing I know, it's 9.30. We're still going. And we just, I think I had 51 songs just on play. And I've always dreamed about a night of worship, but I'd never actually experienced a night of worship. And I kept looking around like, oh, we're still good. And we're still, we're still going. I'm going to let it keep rolling. And we broke up in prayer groups. Everybody, imagine a full sanctuary. And we had the music loud. I don't like to hear myself sing. So we had it booming, right? And we had music going, prayer groups everywhere. It was a powerful night. And at 10 o'clock, I finally thought, you know, I don't know what the noise ordinance is. I know they can hear this music from the street. And I'm just going to go ahead and shut it down because we got lights out at 11. So I had to retract my words of saying we're just going to let it go all night and uh, actually had to cut it off at 10. From, so from 6 to 10, we just had worship. And it was an intimate time in the Lord, and it was amazing. And then so we did more games uh, team building exercises after that together. And then on Thursday is when we had the homeless feed. And to clarify, not everybody that came for, f- for food was homeless, but they were really close. Some of them were just in the neighborhood, uh, talked to some that didn't even, hardly had electricity, no food, you know, that kind of stuff. They might have had a shelter, but that was about it. And then there were some that were truly on the streets. And, and so it was a good time to walk in love. It was a good time to share Christ's love with those that came. And I'm, and I'm sure you're going to hear about that in just, just a little bit. But uh, So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to pray, and then we're, I'm going to invite these guys up, and, and uh, they already know what order, so we're just going to hand off the mic and, and kind of hit it fast. And uh, I've told these guys five minutes, but it's okay if they go over because it's all going to be good in the Lord because I know some of them, I think you're only going to go like two minutes. So it'll, it'll work out fine. We won't be too long. We won't keep anybody uh, too late. But uh, I, I think you're really going to enjoy how the Lord moves. So pray with me. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share. I ask that you be with each one of us as we uh, share our testimony of what you did and how you worked while we were in Kansas City. And, and Father God, let this day, this next hour be to glorify you. And we praise you, Father God. Let us take... Uh, nothing for for self-worth, but for all glory to you of what we talk about. And I ask that you give everybody speaking a sense of boldness right now and a sense of peace to be able to relax and be able to share exactly what you have put on our hearts. And I thank you and I praise you for the opportunity that we've had. Let it not just be a one-time thing. Let us be able to continue to go do these type of, of ministries every day, wherever we're at. And Father God, let the, your voice be heard today, whether it's online or here in this sanctuary, I invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak through us right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 
Okay, so next up is Miss Maranatha. If you guys would, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Maranatha. <laughs> um, so I was really glad to get to go. Um, Carson was nice enough, or he was eager to have the boys so that Lydia and I can go to Kansas City for the week. Um, I was one of the uh, station leaders, so I didn't get one-on-one, -on -one, a lot of one-on-one -on -one with individual kids, so I hope you will hear that a lot from, from the testimonies you hear, whatever God's put on their hearts. But I just kind of have a smattering of things that, that I came back with. Um, first, when I hear um, of people going on a missions trip, you think, I mean, I've always automatically thought, well, hey, it's just a big party. They, they have this great time. They do all this great stuff for Jesus. They're, they're awesome. But this time was not that way for me. I just want to be super transparent and say it was an all-out battle and wrestle and war in me. I didn't want to go. Ah, I just said that. I signed up way ahead because I wanted to support Pastor Kent and I wanted, because, because it's an awesome thing to do, but I didn't personally want to uh, sacrifice my time laying on some hard floor, um, be in some strange place where I don't get to choose the meal plan. You know, all those, those comforts are taken away. And I just didn't want to do it. But I know God's heart for kids. And I know that God loves them and wants his message out to them. He wants, and, and he's, he's chosen me. He's chosen each of us to reach the kids in our lives. And so I know that I'm called. So I was like, okay, God, I guess I'll sign up my name, you know, and then it got closer and then it was like, oh, it looks like we're really going. And then I really, I was like, ah, I don't really want to go. But, and, and honestly, transparent again, I really had not been keeping myself strong spiritually. Um, in my personal life, I had been, um, neglecting God's word. I had been praying out of because I'm supposed to and um, just been been living life on my own strength and from my own understanding. And so I went weak spiritually as well. And but but then again, I'm in this position of where it, it's up to me, Jojo, the other, everybody, the whole team, to to tell these kids um, the truth of God's word that will change their eternity, and the possibly the eternity of their family and and those who come after them. And so it was it was a um, an all out war. Um, and so for. Uh, going up Sunday, I, I so appreciate the prayer that you guys prayed for us before we left on Sunday morning. I needed that. This dry, parched land was like, ah, I need God. I'm supposed to be doing this for him, and ah. <laughs> so thank you for that prayer. Uh, that encouraged me very much. But Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and most of Wednesday, I was just a, a mess inside while I was doing the right thing on the outside. And not many people know this. I haven't really told anybody, but now I am. Um, but <laughs> that, that night of worship that we had is what brought me, uh, to, to the breaking point. And I just kind of, I just broke before the Lord and said, you know, without you, I am nothing. Doesn't it say in John 15 that if we're not connected to the vine that we cannot bear fruit? And that's where I was. Um, and I wanted real fruit to happen. I didn't want to go up there and sacrifice all my comforts for nothing, 
right? You want real fruit to happen. So that's where I was at. And Jojo and I prayed and I gushed tears and she gushed tears and, and we found a, a breakthrough point. And so it's, it's not a fun and games. Um, it really is for real, for keeps. We're playing for keeps in, in these, these missions trips. So I just wanted to be transparent and let you know that, um, even though it looks like all fun, uh, it, it's, it's the real deal. So there you go. First testimony, right? Uh, you know, that's me. I just have to be transparent. Um, the, there are a couple of pictures I asked them to put up. Um, the one with the, the hymnals, that big old stack of hymnals, um, is basically what I've been saying is that, um, one of our themes, and you guys know this from VBS here, is that God is stronger than anything. We were teaching them about the character and the nature of God. God is stronger than anything. And so we, we show them that just a regular piece of paper, like us, we're, we're nothing. We can be ripped. We can be torn. We can be stained. We can be trod on and, and you know, we're nothing. But if we allow God to form us and make us, he can make us really strong. Do you see the little tiny pieces of paper under the very bottom hymnal? Those are rolled up strips of paper and then, um, scotch tape, they're made little, tiny little posts. And so that ended up um, a stack of 26 hymnals stood on that piece of paper that was molded and shaped and formed the way God wanted it to be. So that goes really closely with what I just told you about. In myself, I'm nothing. None of us really, be honest, you're nothing without him. But in him, with his strength, check it out. How many pounds is 26 hymnals? I didn't measure. I should have. I apologize. You can go home and stack them on your bathroom scale if you'd like. (laughs) But it's a lot of weight. It's a lot of strength. Um, and the other picture I just wanted, and this may not be the only picture of duck, duck, goose outside. This was the game of duck, duck, goose. When the homeless people were all lined up for their burgers and hot dogs, uh, and our group got down there in the grass and played duck, duck, goose with the kids. Um, it first gave an opportunity for others of us to talk, to talk to the adults without the kids tugging on them. Uh, so it was really important. And also the kids just knowing that they are important to God. Um, and so I'm super, super proud of our youth, our young adults, um, for doing that, for being used of God, for, for not thinking of themselves too highly. <laughs> you know, we often think of ourselves a little too highly. We, we think we're a little better if our wallet is lined more, you know, with more money. Um, and that's silly. That's ridiculous. Uh, why do we do that? I don't know why we do that. But yeah, God loves us all the same. And I'm just really super proud of them for what they did. Um, and shout out to two people, and then I'll be out of here. Um, I, I wanted to just say that Hannah really uh, shined for me. Um, Hannah has been meek and quiet kind of girl. And, but I saw her shine, shine. She has a strength in her that I didn't know was there. She was manhandling those inner city, Kansas City, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth graders. She ended up with a class of 17, 22 total. Uh, and she was in charge and of inner city kids uh, that she had never met prior to 
this week that we were in KC. So I was like, go girl. Yeah, she was, she was that strength with God in her. I was impressed. And Dakota Meski was the other person uh, who I saw such growth, such hunger, such desire. Uh, And he was always the first to, to, to be there to minister. And I wish he was here to tell, maybe somebody else will tell the testimony of how he reached out to some kids and God really moved through Dakota. So I'm, I'm really proud of him and the way that God is moving. I'm proud of my daughter. I'm proud of each of, of us that went. And uh, it's important to put your, your comfort down and your service to God up. He will come through. Hi, I'm Lydia. Um, Maranatha is my mom. Um, let me just get my stuff. All right. Um, I'm just going to be kind of sharing uh, the three most important things that happened in my life in Kansas City. Um, the first one is that I grew closer to my, to my friends and the team. Um, me and Audra and Justin were uh, the student leaders, and we just kind of clicked, and we just all were always hanging out and um, I just grew closer to them over the trip. Um, and the team also, um, as Christians, were called to build each other up and encourage one another. And uh, I just felt like this team really did that over the course of that week that, they, that we were there. Um, this trip definitely showed me how the church uh, cares about each other as one and can come together as one um, with the same goal. Uh, we were showing Jesus' love to the kids who attended VBS and to the kids who didn't, like in that last slide um, of Duck, Duck, Goose. Um, some kids don't know that people actually care to uh, have fun with them or just take time to um, just be with them and have a good time. Um, uh, the Bible says in First Peter to be of one mind, and this group felt so much like a family, and we, I feel like we really accomplished that as a team. Um, and I'm I'm really thankful to have been part of this ministry. Uh, I'm going to turn to my Bible. If you want to turn with me, you can, um, to Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And this time I have it tabbed. So I'm not spending five minutes trying to find the verse. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us not consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Um, The second point I have is that I grew closer to the kids that came to VBS. Um, uh, Jenna Bosley and I, we led third and fourth grade, and uh, they were just loads of fun all the time, even though they could be out of hand like most kids are. Um, We just really enjoyed the opportunity to lead and talk them, talk to them um, and having fun with them and uh, teaching them about Jesus, uh, which is, yeah, the books, the hymnals again. Uh, there's three of the girls in my group, and uh, I just really enjoyed being around the kids. They reminded me of my little brother. Everyone knows Jonathan. Um, but they just felt like my little siblings. Um a lot of the kids already knew most of what we were teaching, but some of them had never like 
this was like new stories to them. Like the Bible stories were new, which is hard for me to imagine since I've grown up in church. But um, it just kind of opened my eyes, especially with the questions that they would ask. Like these questions were just the biggest questions that you could think of. Like, um, like how do you know that God is real? Or how do we know that the Bible's true? And some of them just went right over my head, but um, this just kind of opened my eyes. A lot of the kids, they don't get the opportunity to be in church, and so they didn't just kind of have that with them their whole life. Um, and the third thing is, most importantly, I grew so much closer to God during this trip. Um, as a team, we got to spend so much time in the Word and so much time worshiping, um, which Joe talked about Wednesday night. We had, like, the four-hour worship time, and um, that was just super amazing to be in the same room with so many people who have the same goal and just want to be in God's presence as much as I do. Um, yeah, just being in God's presence is my my favorite place to be for sure. Uh, yeah, it was just a good experience having one goal, reaching kids and uh, who may or may not have heard about Jesus. Um, this trip has really changed me and my relationship with God. Um, if you've never been with uh, to Kansas City with us, I encourage you to come next year. Um, and then my last verse is Romans eight thirteen through 18, and I think it really applied to this trip to Kansas City. It says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they then call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? But how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed, their sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. So, yeah, that's it. Okay, so I'm Bailey, and this year was year six of me going to Kansas City. This year I was praying before we left that God would show me something that he wanted me to see. If you guys can see the boy that I'm hugging in this picture, this is how God answered my prayer this year. His name's Taj. When we go to Kansas City, we are always told that we are there to love the kids. Well, sometimes love is shown by disciplining. And Mr. Taj was one of those kids that I had to remind of the rules a lot. Then on Friday, right after we dismissed the kids, I get this feeling that I need to go to the kitchen area. I do, and Taj comes running up and gives me a hug and says, Bailey, I have two questions for you. I say, well, you need to ask me then. He asked me, why did you get on to me so much? and what my salvation story was. The why I got onto him so much was when I answered him, I said, because one, I wanted to keep you safe. Two, I wanted you to learn about God. And three, you need to listen so you can learn about God. And it's all because I love you. And Taj said that he had never felt, he had never had someone love him like that. He asked me about, I answered the salvation story 
and I said, I hope, you, hope to see you next year. We hugged it out, and then I went to help load and come home. I can't shake what he said. I think I took it for granted when I, when people got onto me when I was a little kid about like sitting still, not giggling, or keeping my hands off the toy that wasn't mine. But after hearing Taj say that what he did, I know they were all showing love. I realize that God reminds us of things we ask for, like the rain by leaving puddles, or maybe finding a picture after an hour looking for for it through all the backpacks and giving up. In John 16, 24, it says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name, asking you will receive, that your joy may be full. I asked God and he gave me touch. God gives us the things we ask for. Hello, my name is Rustin Crockett. Um, I guess a couple things I want to mention before I get into what I was really going to talk about. Since Maynard mentioned Dakota, I'll say something since he's not here. One thing that really impressed me, it's good, it's good. Um, one thing that really impressed me about Dakota and that um, I learned from him, and hopefully we can all learn from each other, is just how bold that dude is. I don't know if you guys know him or not, but I know sometimes if I'm if I'm trying to give an answer to someone or just tell someone about Jesus or just whatever in general, maybe I'm a little hesitant or I'm like, oh, am I saying the right thing or I don't know. And man, that dude, he'll just like, he'll just step out, just no fear and just, I guess, trust in God that God's going to give him the words. And it's just, it's cool to see. And I was like, man, Dakota can do that. I can do that, you know. And so it was just real encouraging. Um, also, um, yeah, just one of the best parts of the week besides and the purpose were there. It's ministry to the kids, but I just do. I do want to touch on that that worship service. Um, it was just awesome, and basically, I mean, it's just so simple. We're just spending time in God's presence, spending time with God. I mean, sometimes I think we try to make it pretty tough, and it's so easy. Um, I remember saying the other day, and I'm saying it again now, not because it's profound, but I think, or because I said it, but it's because it's true. I remember saying the next day, it's like, man, if that if that time. Um, spent in God's presence, just worshiping. That's just a glimpse of heaven, and man, I can't can't wait to be there. But until then, man, we got stuff to do. We got people to reach. We got um, a calling on all of our lives to reach those people. Um, so I'm not going to tell any stories really from the trip. I'm sorry if you want to hear some stories. Ask me. Ask these guys. They got a lot more stories. A lot of good ones. Um, but what I'm going to talk about, I guess, is just kind of. Maybe it's testimony in general. Um, I know Maranatha said some, like she went up to the trip a little bit empty, maybe a little bit not prepared. And I think if we all check ourselves, we've all been there before. I know I have for sure. And there's other times maybe I am more prepared for whatever in life. Um, Pastor Kent is not here, so I can say whatever I want. Um, he'll come up to you sometimes if you've been around him enough, or at least maybe it's just to me, I don't know. But he'll come up to you. It doesn't matter if we're just, oh gosh, just walking through a hallway in a church or just out back playing cornhole for 4th of July. He'll just walk up. He'll be at Stockton camp up maybe, and he'll say, hey, what's God been telling you about? What's God been saying to you? And it's like, oh, kind of deer in the headlight looks because sometimes, you know, if I've, that's, I mean, it's a, a big check. Makes you check your compass for a second. If I've been in the Word, if I've been praying, it's like, it's easy. I got an answer right there. Just, just, I mean, this is what God's been saying to me. If I haven't, then you're kind of fumbling for something to say that sound kind of good. And, and um, 
And so I was just kind of thinking about this, that actually while we were up there, I had a couple of verses on my heart, and I don't know if I shared either one of them at Kansas City BBS, um, just because it wasn't ever, I guess, the right time, and I think now is the right time, so I'm going to share them today. Um, 1 Peter 3.15 says something like, Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Always be ready. Give a, give a reason for the hope you have. Your testimony, uh, I was kind of looking it up, it says it's the evidence or it's the proof. So it's the evidence or the proof of what God's doing in your life, what he's teaching you, what he's showing you, what he's bringing you through. And hopefully, you know, you have people coming to you just because maybe you're living different, and they're going to ask you a question like, why, why, are you, why do you make these decisions? Why are you the way you are? I don't know how else to say that. Um, but we should always be prepared. Um, like I said, sometimes in life I maybe have not been prepared. Sometimes I have. Um, but I guess I'm just encouraging you guys today to be prepared. Um, Revelations 12:11 says, and this one just come up in, in me a lot. I just was thinking about this scripture the whole week, and I just love it uh, for a lot of different reasons. But it says, 12:11 Revelation says, Satan was overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And it's like, wow, that's pretty powerful. I mean, you think about the blood of the Lamb, Jesus dying on the cross, like that's a big deal. And then like right next to that in the scripture it says, and the word of their testimony. And of course, it's always great to give people scripture, point them to the Bible, point them to, to Jesus, to all this stuff. But man, it's also important just to give them that, that little story, your, you know, your little I once was lost, but now I'm found story. You know, just tell them your testimony. I think, and that's kind of obviously what we're doing today is just saying, hey, how God's impacted our lives, how God's using us. Um, and so I guess what I said to you guys today is just, man, be prepared to give people the reason for the hope that you have. Be prepared because um, your testimony is powerful. Um, so be prepared in that and keep adding to it. I guess that's the other thing I was going to say is just just like many of you have the last few weeks and just like we, you know, we have on our trip, just spending time with God, he'll tell us something different, tell us something more, and just be prepared to share that at any time. And that's all I got. Next. Hello, my name's Hannah. So um, as I was walking up, my Bible decided to turn somewhere else, so I'm going to fix that for a second. Um, So this is my sixth year going to um, VBS as well, and um, so apparently this picture is very popular with our hymnals and the uh, story that went with it, and um, I'll talk about two, or or both pictures, I guess. Um, the first thing I want to start with, though, is I think what God was um, telling me through the week was uh, that he keeps his promises. No matter um, what we're going through or what um, we think is going on around us. And um, so when I looked up promise, because um, my ELA brain is, you know, I want to know what the definition is and I want to look through it. I looked up what promise means, and it says a promise is a declaration and an assurance. So um, when, I guess I want you to remember assurance for just a second. 
and I'm going to kind of keep going through so then the rest of them have some time. Um, if you would like to turn to Hebrews 3, 5, um, I'll give you some um, time while I explain the uh, picture on the left of me. And um, in the picture, on the, or actually it was on the right one, but on this side, you can see our fifth uh, and sixth grade group. Um, they were working together to build a tower um, from just a piece of paper. So Maranatha explained it wonderfully. And um, so she was talking about that we need to be formed by Christ to become stronger. And um, when she said that about the tape, because I totally forgot that there needs tape. That's probably a good thing. Um, that That's a protection for us and that God is our protection. And um, so that's just kind of a tidbit um, added to what she was talking about. Um, so the paper alone, like she said, is very easily ripped or teared um, without that. Um, and so to kind of explain a little bit on what I wanted to talk about, extra, the paper, um, you know, is, um, I'm trying to think of like notebook paper. Uh, they have lines for a reason. They're there for a purpose. And, uh, so when they cut them, they cut them on the lines. Uh, so each, each paper could be the right height and the right, um, used in the right way, I guess. And um, make sure I'm going on there. So for all those, for one piece of paper, I think they made six different little stubs. I don't know. Um, and they held, I think there was 24 books. So the books were hymnals, which is what she was talking about. So going back to assurance, um, when I read that and thinking about that, that was what was holding up the paper, um, was Blessed Assurance the hymnal that came to my mind. And uh, I want to read a part of that um, right there. So it says, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Here of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, wash in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And then that repeats. And it says, perfect submission, perfect delight, Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness and lost in his love. So um, a few things that stick out to me was that um, we're born of his spirit and we're washed in his blood. And we have that blessed assurance because of what Christ has done in our lives and knowing that he keeps his promises. Um, move, kind of going down, trying to keep my notes in line. Um, so now hearing that, I want to read Hebrews 3, 5 with you. And it says... Um, and Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are in, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. And in Maranatha's Bible, could you let me borrow it? Thank you. Um, it says, be faithful. And then as you go on, it says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. 
in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore I was angry with that generation, and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. But it says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Um, and so, keeps turning off on me. Um, so this leads me to the second picture um, that is on my right. And um, I was able to pray with, I think, two or three different um, students from our group. And like I said, I have to give a shout out to Dakota as well, because uh, he was awesome in um, leading the kids and just being that bold um, speaker for them. Um, here, uh, um, can I say names? The, okay, all right. Well, Tatiana is the one I'm praying with, and uh, DJ is the one that is uh, sitting above her on the stairs. Um, and I've known Tatiana since she was in uh, pre-K. So I've had her um, through each year. And um, I think in the second picture, uh, if you can... So under the happy birthday sign, which I don't know why that was there, but it was pretty good decoration, um, is, uh, oh, blanked on her name. I don't know why. I'll think of it. Thank you. Marlene. And I've also had her since uh, pre-K. And so she, um, both girls have, um, I've seen grow up, and it's been awesome. And to um, just be able to speak, um, got into their lives. Um, So the two things that, we were able to speak to our fifth and sixth grade group. If you look, there's a piece of paper on the table. And I didn't realize this, but when I looked at the picture, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what the paper says. So I just looked at it, and I zoomed in trying to see. And one of the things it says is stronger than you think. So one of the things that we've talked to our fifth and sixth graders about is, and that it spoke to me as well, that you are stronger than you think because of Christ. He has the power to help you. But also, he has equipped you with the same power We just have to be willing to use it and listen to his word and to his voice, just like it says in Hebrews. Um, The second thing was that a little bit farther down on the paper, it says trusting in Jesus' strength. And uh, I I don't know if anyone else feels this way sometimes, but um, maybe we can relate for a minute, hope. Um, But unfortunately, I see um, either my strength or God's strength as the flat piece of paper sometimes, like, how, how, is, how are you going to take care of this? Or, how, you know, I try to do it myself, and I can't do that without Christ. I have to let him mold me and form me to um, what he has called me um, to be. And um, either that letting the devil put, you know, thoughts in our heads, or, you know, saying that's too heavy for God to take care of. I'm just going to have to figure it out on my own. But that's not what we should do. Um, and so... Make sure you have my spot. And so, unfortunately, this is how I feel. We can harden our hearts to Christ, and um, we try to, you know, take care of things on our own, or um, we just, you know, lose sight of where we're at. Um, so these two things led me to 
um, what our fifth and sixth grade group was um, really talking about. Because they're a little bit older, you know, the, um, they had wonderful questions just like Bailey was talking about. Um, and one of the questions, I guess, was from, um, oh, one of the boys, and I think of their name. But uh, anyway, he asked, he goes, well, how do you know that it's true? How do you know that, you know, no one's lying or that it's just, you know, gibberish? And I'm like, well, that's because I have the faith to believe even though we didn't see it, we have you know documents that explain um, and give evidence to this. But the thing that we can hold on to is the faith and the assurance that Jesus is who He says He is. So, um, I believe that is all I have. So my name is Justin. Uh, this is my first year going to KC, but the first thing I'm going to talk about is in the picture with Pastor Joe. This guy's name is Michael. Michael is a, I didn't get to meet him, but sounded like a really cool dude. But first thing, uh, first time when we saw Michael, he was going to the food pantry, uh, going to get some food. Uh, lived right across the street, uh, walking with a cane, wasn't walking very well, but uh Food pantry wasn't open, and Pastor Joe went up to him and started having a small conversation with him. And Michael said, can you pray for my leg? He goes, I have the faith to receive. He said, I have the faith to receive. That's when Pastor Joe, and I heard it, knew that he knew that God was going to heal him. And... uh. So after we prayed, you know, he walked away, walked across the street, and then he was walking down the road after the food pantry opened, and Pastor Joe was screaming, Michael, they opened it. He goes, no, and he pointed at his leg, and he didn't, he was, didn't, wasn't walking on with his cane. He goes, I'm a lot better now, I'm going to go tell my friends, and kept walking. And a few minutes later, Pastor Joe went inside, and he came back, and he was walking without his cane, and looked like he was doing perfectly fine. This was Tuesday afternoon. We saw him again Thursday at the homeless feed, and he didn't even have his cane that day. And he was walking perfectly fine. He also asked uh, Pastor Joe to pray for his mouth. He was having some trouble. He goes, I have the faith to receive. Him just saying that, you know, they might not, you know, go to church every day or if you really believe in him and trust him, he can do some powerful stuff. And the other thing I want to talk about is the little kid that is sitting on my lap. Uh, as you can see, he's sucking his thumb. Uh, that's really what we called him there, thumb sucker. Couldn't really remember his name, but his name is Ayoshi. Ayoshi, he was a, you know, didn't really talk much, shy, uh, First day, didn't really get to know him, but the second day we went outside with him because he was in the pre-K class, and we took him outside, and his favorite thing to do was to play with the soccer ball. And, you know, we played soccer back and forth, and I finally, you know, said, okay, it's time to go inside. And Wednesday, he came up to me, and he's like, can we go play soccer? I was like, 
no, it's raining outside. We can't. Uh, we played Duck, Duck, Goose. Kid loves Duck, Duck, Goose, too. But it was Thursday that I realized that this kid didn't really have someone that really cared about him or anything. He walked up to me and gave me a big old hug. Like I didn't know what was happening. I didn't really. But that whole Thursday and Friday, every time that he saw me, it was run up, gave me a big old hug, and we just we talked and other stuff. But in that picture, that was Friday. And Friday was the hardest time, you know, letting him go. You know, don't know what's going to happen that whole year. But... I've, he really showed me, you know, what it means to, like, love someone, and, you know, even if you don't know them, you know, love and care for them. Uh, I have one verse I want to talk about. It's Colossians 2, 6 through 7. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and build up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Michael really showed me that verse after he asked for him to pray, and he received it. And that's all I got. Good morning. I'm Jennifer Ray, and uh, I've been to Kansas City several times. And... uh, it's interesting through the testimonies this morning. I didn't even. Hannah, you talked about blessed assurance. We sang that song the Sunday that we all got prayed for up here. And uh, she doesn't even know this, but it was on the piano at the church. They had a little binder. It was open to the blessed assurance song. I took a picture of it. I sent it to Joel. I said, hey, check this out. It's on the piano at Casey. And he goes, God works in mysterious ways, you know. So, um, that was kind of a theme in, of the the week. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've been there several times. And uh, a lot of times I've been focused on being a mother hen to our group, to the kids, to whatever. And this year it was really, really different. It was a very... Uh, peaceful time for me and usually I'm very stressed during that whole week and I just felt a continued sense of peace and relaxation through the week and yeah as Maranatha mentioned our comforts are gone we don't have our our familiar beds to sleep on we don't have the comforts of home you don't get to you know turn on the tv and you know binge watch something or whatever but you do get to binge God. And um, that is, was really cool. And, you know, in, during the years, I've had different favorite parts of the day. I love the morning check-in. One year they taught us chants. All those who remember the G-O-O-D-M-O-R-N-I-N-G. Yeah, we did all those things. And um, loved that. I love teaching the kids the songs. That's If you watched the video and saw me doing any weird movements with my arms, that's what I was doing. I was teaching them the songs and the dance moves to them. And, um, but this year, it was all about the prayer time. The prayer in the morning, the prayer on Thursday night. It was, it's just, I've seen, 
I have experienced a very large growth in my prayer life this summer. Um, through one camp, when we were, we were studying a book called Jesus, uh, the name above all names, and uh, with lots of really great information in the book, but a lot of it was in claiming the authority that Jesus gives us in his name and through prayer. And I actually taught the chapter on prayer, and it was right after Stockton when uh, we had had some meaningful prayer times. Kent had had the Sunday where he had mentioned the four ways to pray, and he had us all write them down. And um, then to top that all off, a devotional that I was reading said, prayer is so powerful because it joins the hearts of people on earth with the heart of God in heaven. So, prayer time in the morning is just crazy and um, just amazing to me because you, I start off by reading in my Bible, I write in my journal, and then the worship songs come on. So, um, Tuesday, I wrote in my journal to let the seeds we were planting find fertile ground. Just God, please let these seeds find fertile ground. Um, Wednesday morning, we sang and slash listened to a song that had the line of it in it, the art of losing myself and bringing you praise. And it made me think about how prayer is an act of praise. And uh, that I need to do that because I, I like praise. I mean, I'm on the praise team. I love doing the worship and the praising, but praying is also an act of praise. And uh, then Wednesday night, we had our communion service and the worship time. And uh, in that worship time, Joe mentioned that we had all kinds of prayer groups going on in different parts of the room. And and a lot of times, you know, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that God hears our prayers. I believe God answers prayers. And I have believed that for a long time. But I have also let myself hold back and not really step up in prayer because um, I didn't feel like that was me. I'm not the one. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough to pray for others. And that night I just said, just ignored that little inner voice that plays on those fears that you have. And I just let it go. And I prayed with several different people that night. I I had, it was such a moving experience, and I don't remember even what we prayed for. I know I went and prayed with JoJo, and we ended up crying and hugging. I prayed with some of the kids. I prayed with so many people that night, and I couldn't tell you everything that was said because it wasn't for me. And uh, then Thursday night. So the picture that you see with the coolers in it, that is how the homeless feed gets set up. And this is the serving line. Well, the end of the serving line. They come through, they get a hot dog or a hamburger, and then they get chips and cookies, and then they get a drink. And right after this picture was taken, uh, Miss Maranatha, you can see her there kind of behind Julie and Jenna and in front of Landon. And uh, she and I went to the line and started to talk to people. And, you know, I was I the first guy that we went to, he had really broken English, and uh, we were making a little bit of progress, but I was like, oh, Pastor Imbar is looking over here. Hey, Pastor, come on over. And uh, Pastor Imbar and the guy had a great conversation, and they conversed a lot. And Maranatha and I, after leaving him and 
uh, Pastor Ambar's hands. We went on down the line, and we went to this next lady, and I let Maranatha, I had Maranatha take the lead because I was like, you know, she's really good at this stuff. And uh, she's like, hi, I'm Maranatha, and she reached out her hand, and the lady goes, oh, I don't do the touch thing. And she goes, oh, well, this is my friend Jennifer, and blah, blah, blah. And we started to talk, and she goes, well, what's your name? And the lady goes, oh, I don't want to divulge that. And then I had on a teaching shirt, and uh, she goes, oh, well, you know, what about this with kids and teenagers and stuff? And Maranatha goes, oh, do you have children? She goes, oh, I don't want to divulge that. You know, she didn't want to divulge anything. But then Maranatha goes, well, can we pray with you? And the lady reached out and grabbed a hold of Maranatha's hand and said yes, and took the prayer. And that really spoke to me because she didn't want to touch and she didn't want to divulge anything, but she wanted that prayer that she was grabbing for it and reaching for it. And uh, later on, we went down towards the end of the evening and uh, there was a mother and a daughter. And we got the opportunity to pray with them because of the young adults playing Duck, Duck, Goose with the kids. They didn't have to worry that they're kids weren't being watched, you know, because they were obviously being taken care of and being, so we got to talk to this mother and daughter, and uh, it was very interesting because the first thing they say is, okay, what's your testimony? Wow. I hadn't, you know, ever had anybody put me on the spot like that, and uh, then they had certain needs that they wanted prayed for and everything, and uh they not only wanted, they needed the prayer, but they expected the prayer. And they were like, okay, and we grabbed, we joined hands and we prayed. And it was very moving. And um, they brought their kids the next day to VBS. And that was really, you know, and it just makes me marvel at how God is using us. And then on Friday, I was thinking back. And I was looking like at the week, okay, did we do good? Did we plant enough seeds? Did we, you know, and thinking about those seeds that we were planted, uh, you've already heard about, you know, the fifth, one of the fifth graders, Marlene. We'd had her in the preschool group many years ago. And uh, one of the third graders, the first time we met her, she had been a baby in her grandma's arms. And uh, I was thinking about the seeds. And so that leads me to the picture of me with the young men. For those of you who started the KCVBS, that's DeMarcus and Lavelle. And uh, you probably remember them from being in the cruise and being little. And the last time we had seen Lavelle, Lavelle's the one on this side. <laughs> um, the last time we had seen Lavelle, Jennifer Diggs and I had had a teenager class, and oh, man, that took us. Oh, that was a week. That was a hard, hard week. And it was great, but they did. It, it's, it's a different, and Hannah can vouch for this, it's different when you're dealing with 7th grade, 8th grade, and above, and trying to do this. And we tried, and he had been one of those that was like, oh, come on. And, um... Yeah, and the seeds we planted had them come back and say hi to all of us that they remembered. And right after Joe took this picture of them, he, they you know, had to go on about their day. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And um, Joe goes, you know, I think you guys made her day. 
And uh, it just shows, goes to show you never know what the outcome of Sometimes you just don't ever get to see the outcome of the seeds that you plant. But keep praying for them and keep watering them. So I think you've heard this from everybody else, but um, the reason I go to Kansas City <clears throat> is to build relationship with God first and with others. And I've been going to Kansas City since we've been going to Kansas City. I don't even know how many years that's been, but when um, the two that Jennifer just pointed to, the young men, they were two of my very first um, students that I had in class. And when I teach the Bible story, I don't always get to make the personal connections with the kids like some of the leaders do. But over the years, um, since I've, I've gotten to go, I get to go. I get the opportunity to go. And probably for 10 years, I don't know how long we've been going and doing VBS there, but I get to go. And it is so awesome when you go. And we've missed several years because of COVID. So this year, when we went back, there were fewer that we knew from previous years than every other year that I'd been back. You know, I would know a lot of them. But this year, just a few. Um, and you see some of the faces of some of those, those few that, um, that we did know. Tatiana and Arian and uh, Marlene and Jasmine, her little sister that was the baby, and Amadeus. And um, some of these kids, when they know you, and you just don't realize what an impact you have on them when they come up to you and they call you by name and they remind you of details from a Bible story that you told them in the past. Um, you know there's a connection there. And then that special connection when DeMarcus and, um, and Lavelle came and they made it a point to come up and say hi to several of us leaders that had been there for years that they knew when they were little. And uh, they definitely made my day. But it was an opportunity. DeMarcus was a kid that um, I cried over all the way home the first year I went. And we made such a connection. And he just was on my heart. And I wrote his name down along with a bunch of others that I prayed for that first year that I went on a mission trip, never been anywhere like that before. <clears throat> and I didn't know if I'd ever see him again. You know, you kind of get those attachments. And like Joe said, the last is the cry day because, and I, and I saw it in some of the new ones that came, you know, they were crying because, you know, you made connections with people and you just don't know in this kind of an area where the population is transient, you know, you don't know if you're going to see the same kids again. And um, I saw DeMarcus several years while he was there during VBS, but then he became a teenager, and I didn't see him. And uh, this was the first time I'd seen him in years. And uh, I got to hug him and ask about his life. And um, the last reminder, though, was, uh, DeMarcus, I'm going to see you in heaven one day. And I reminded him that I would be praying for him I don't know where he's at in his faith walk. We didn't get that much time to talk in between class. But those kind of connections are priceless. And that's one reason why I go. And then I don't ever 
Landon talked about this in Sunday school this morning. I'm sorry. I'm low on sleep today. When I'm low on sleep, the tears tend to come out so much easier. Um, Landon talked about when we have relationships with people, we make deposits and we make withdrawals. And when I go to Kansas City, I, I was so unlike Maranatha, sad to say, I was so happy to get to go back after several years of not getting to go. It is the highlight of my summer. It's like better than going on any summer vacation. I get to go to Kansas City. I just look forward to it because I get to make deposits. And I go every year, and all of us, we make deposits in the people there, in the kids there. And it is a beautiful thing. And I come home, and I never feel like I've had withdrawals taken out of me. I I may be tired. I may come down with, we shared some cold stuff or something, allergies, I don't know. But um, I never feel like I've had withdrawals taken out of me. I've always felt like um, I I just come back, and I'm, I'm built up. And part of that is what Maranatha and I call the spiritual revival part of this mission trip. That's that time we get one-on-one with the Lord to pray, to seek him, to worship. And um, God showed me um, through multiple, multiple ways that week, through Ricky Beach, through prayer with various people on Wednesday night, uh, that someone who's very dear to my heart that I've, that's been heavy on my heart has not been forgotten. And so that was really important for me to hear. Um, So I just want to say that as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. When we pour out, he pours in, and he always fills us up with more than enough to overflow onto others. So as you guys could tell, it was a good week, you know, and and not everybody had a chance to speak. So if you know somebody that went, ask them about their testimony. I appreciate you you sticking with us. We're running a little bit late, and I hope I didn't uh, cause anybody late for lunch, but I I think it was good to let everybody share. And the last thing I want to leave us with, the, the gentleman named Michael that I had an opportunity to pray with, you know, we went up there to glorify God, not ourselves, but we had opportunities to be ambassadors for him. And it could have been anybody that prayed, but I felt honored that I got to be the guy to pray for him. And when he told me that line, because we talked small talk for a while, and then when he told me that line, after he said, hey, could you pray for me? And before I started, he said, I want you to know I got the faith to receive it. And I was even more excited. I'm like, well, let's do it. You know, let's get to it. But when he came back, and uh, that was on Tuesday, on Thursday, he came back and walking without his cane and I was kind of looking for him. He didn't come right away. And when he said, hey, look, I'm, I'm doing good and okay. And he's like, by the way, would you pray for my mouth too? I got some things going on. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I, I can receive it. And I'm like, I know you can, buddy. Let's do it. But what, what really touched me when that picture was taken is uh, he was going through the line. I was talking to him. And I think I introduced him to Mr. Landon and Mr. Rustin. And, and Rustin said, uh, Good to meet you. I'm so glad you're here. Joe was excited for you to be here. And he looked at us and he kind of said something along the lines of, you were excited to see me? You told somebody about that? 
And of course, me being the big old crybaby, I just wept. You know, I'm like, of course, you know, of course. I was excited to see you. But it showed me that he'd seen a lot of people pray for him probably and maybe come and go. But see somebody actually care about him enough that talked about him. And whenever, and he had tears going, he's like, you, you wanted to see me. Blew me away. You know, the fact that he was healed, praise God. I'm glory to God for that. But that's what I remember is him saying, you remembered me. And so, as Rustin said when he was talking, uh, we could stay here all day, but it's time that we go and be the church outside this week. So I hope you were refreshed this week. I'm going to pray and we're going to go ahead and just dismiss. And, and Wednesday, you heard a lot about Wednesday. That, that was just like young Joshua. Moses went to work and young Joshua just stayed in the presence of the Lord, right? That's what we did. And we just stayed in the presence of the Lord. And I encourage you guys to do that same thing this week. Be in the presence of the Lord. And as we go, let's go be the church. Let's go be the ambassadors for Christ. And we got the experience to do that, but it doesn't just happen in Kansas City. I, I felt a little uh, tug on my heart the other day. I can't even remember where Heather and I were at, and I'm like, I had no problem praying with a guy at a gas station and praying with the guys who just randomly walked up, but I saw somebody walking, and I thought about praying with them, but for whatever reason, I didn't, and I, I've had a check in my spirit ever since then, and I think I, I'm, I'm praying I'll have another opportunity because I might have missed it, but I know that God can use us wherever we go. And that includes in the foyer, that includes in the parking lot, and that includes wherever we go. So I encourage you guys uh, to build your testimony. Go let the Lord work in your life. And this is just a a good day of remembering what he's done in, in some of ours. So let's pray.